0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today, why don't we talk about the big time win, 2-0 in SEC play for the likes of Texas A&M basketball. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of the College Football Playoff National Championship and College Football Playoff. To find out more information on their wonderful products, visit sonos.com slash NCAA. As always, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Check us out Monday through Friday on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Smash that red button. And, of course, if you like this, you can always listen to us at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Buzz Williams. This was a monumental year for him. You saw all the names leave last year. Manuel Miller, a couple names go to the draft, Savion Flagg. You know, these were monumental players and guys who were superstars for Texas A&M basketball. And they just didn't work. And the interesting part was, you know how Texas football was very similar to really hot start, second half, complete implosion? That was kind of AM basketball last year. They finished a lot of games going into halftime with, if not a lead, down by like two, and then they would lose by ten. They lose by eight. They lose by fourteen. They lose by 15, you know sixteen, and that was the case. But somehow, someway, with a misfit band of transfers and new names and up-and-coming superstars, Texas A&M has started the year off two and zero in play. And you're looking at them right now. They're sitting at thirteen and two. Overall, they had to fend off a late second half run, but they were able to get their sixth straight victory in an 86-81 win over Arkansas, who now drops to 0-3 in conference play right now. This is really, really strange because you do look at these two teams, one of which was in the running to make it to the Final Four last year, and the other one... There were questions on if they should maybe move off of Buzz Williams, and that's really not the case right now. This has been a really good start. Quentin Jackson led the team with 16 points, at 5 assists, bounced back from a really disappointing game against Georgia on Tuesday. Henry Coleman added 14 points and 9 rebounds. Andre Gordon added 13 points. Tyrese Radford and Wade Taylor both finished with 12 and 11 points respectively, so it really was a balanced approach. There was no clear-cut leader. And kind of that's what you want when you're having a team that you don't know how much of their rebuilding, how much of that they have, who's the superstar. Last year was very simple. It was Emmanuel Miller. The year before that, it was Josh Nemo. Get the ball to Josh Nemo in the paint, let him score underneath the rim, get 25, 30 points a game. Miller, kind of a hybrid player, did a little bit of both, played uh, uh, played from behind the arc, did a lot of uh, driving up the middle to get those points. This time you don't have one of those guys. So instead, you have this really, really, really balanced play from Coleman, from uh from Jackson, from uh, Gordon. And those are your three big, big, big names if you look at that right now. Another thing you gotta consider. They did have a slow uh, they did have a slow start, and sometimes that's the case. When they have a slow start, it becomes a problem because if they were outraced 20 to 9 with I think it was like Eight minutes left in the first half, but then in the final nine minutes. Yeah, it's first ten minutes. First ten minutes of the game. Final nine minutes though, AM took control. They were able to go ahead and get an 18-8 run to at least bring it close. Uh you also had the likes of um JD Note for the um for Arkansas. Finished with a game high 33 points. And uh the biggest thing was he scored 27 of those 33 in the first half. So Big different story, Quentin Jackson became really popular towards the end. Had a clutch three pointer with 34 seconds to play. Uh, you also had a uh, Javante Brown really step up. Uh, he has been playing a nice piece of depth. He finished with three blocks, um, you no, know, three rebounds and a block, so he really helped out with that aspect. And then the free throw. I don't think people understand just how important free throws are because if you know, they're very easy points. You get fouled, you go to the line, you're just supposed to make those two, call it a day a has struggled in the past. I think last year they averaged like a 58% free throw success rate. I think going into this game, uh, they were like uh, 59 or something like that. But a uh, and went to the free throw line 30 times. They made 16 of those attempts. Uh, they also grabbed 20 rebounds in the last 20 seconds. So they were able to get 9 total points off of that. Uh, the Ranger backs, however, did out rebound uh, Did out rebound m 46-32. to 32, But... Didn't really matter in that point, it more so mattered what you do with, with the rebounds. So again, you could go ahead and have 25, 30 rebounds in a game and only score six points, seven points off of that. Or you can have 18 rebounds in a game and score 12 points off of that. So those are things that you gotta look at. For Buzz Williams, though, to start the year off 2-0 in conference play, to really feel like he's hitting his stride, and then going up this upcoming weekend against I mean this upcoming week against Kermit, Davis, and Ole Miss, they very well could be 3-0. And that is a monumental thing when you look at other teams and how they played. Uh, Alabama got upset. Arkansas got upset. So these teams that we were all praising at the very start of the year of being top-tier programs, Alabama, um, Arkansas, I'm going to throw Kentucky in there because Kentucky's always good. LSU, they're still playing pretty good basketball overall. AM is kind of right there. Like, they're right in that middle-tier mark. They're not as high as probably Tennessee, but they're not as low as, like, the Georgias or can't believe I'm saying this, Arkansas right now. So they're right in the middle. And what's going to be really interesting is to see how the team looks moving towards the ba- uh, moving towards the middle part of the season when they have to go to road trips to Coleman Coliseum, when they have to face off against Georgia, when they have to face off against um, Mississippi State with Ben Hallin on the road. Those are going to be games that I'm going to be really interested to see. But right now, Buzz Williams really has done a nice job. And keep in mind, I think it was his third year that Virginia Tech went down. Deep into the postseason, I think that was the year that they went to the Sweet 16. If it wasn't, I know they made the tournament that year. So big, big steps. A and M they would have been the eighth seed if not for COVID nineteen in the SEC tournament. So they probably could have made at least a run, and maybe they would have gone. Last year we knew it was going to be a fluke year, and now they have this year to where I feel like the worst they can be is an NIT team. The best they can be, hands down, would easily be a uh, probably be about a seven seed, six or seven seed inside the tournament. But that's a big deal. That's a very big deal for Texas A&M because of last year, it looked lost. It looked completely disheveled. And now, there seems to be some sort of direction, which again, is huge for the likes of Buzz Williams because you lost a lot of players. So now you have a lot of them back. That's a very good sign for you in the direction you're moving. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by uh, by, by BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, if you don't know, already has been one of the more surprising, nutritious, delicious treats out there because it's not a candy bar. It's not a protein bar. It's a little bit of both. Covered in 100% real chocolate and is soft and easy to chew. 130 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, and, of course, you have less than 20 grams of protein. So it's a lot of good power for you. It's a lot of good contact. And, best of all, it's good for you, and it's great tasting. So go visit BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to so get 15% off your very first purchase. That's LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's a new year. It's a new you. So start it off right and stop using the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's go ahead and talk about this. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. Can we talk about just the immense success of Mike Williams in the NFL? Mike Williams, former Texas A&M standout, is now on his eighth straight year of 1,000 receiving yards. He's the only wide receiver to get that to begin an NFL career. Randy Moss had six, and he was the big-time name. The next year, he had like 992, so he just was short. And Al, last year, you saw him. Evans beat the record, becoming the sole proprietor of that number one spot with 1,000 yards. Well, in Sunday's game, he had two touchdown catches. I think he had 122 yards, and now it has gone for over 1,000 yards for the eighth straight time. I think it's time to start putting him in that category of top Aggie of all time, because there's records that are going to be broken, and then there's records that are never going to be seen. This is one that, as long as he continues to build, young names like Justin Jefferson, young names like Jamar Chase, young names... Like Jalen Waddle will never be able to reach that pinnacle because they have to continue up their success. So again, Evans sometimes will miss a few games here and there. It'll be like maybe he plays fourteen games in a season, twelve games in a season. It doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. He's worked with Blaine Gabbert. He's worked with uh, uh, James Winston. He's worked with um, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick. He's worked with uh, Ryan Griffith. I think was his other name. Tom Brady. He has been Mr. Consistency. And when you look at what he did at Texas A&M, I think a lot of people kind of sleep on him because if he was in the same class or the same crop of Johnny Manziel and Johnny football is Johnny football, nobody is going to deny that Johnny, uh, Johnny Manziel's legacy at Texas A&M is completely different than anyone else out there. But when you look at the consistency and to live on the A&M legacy at the professional level, it changes things. Mike Evans is one of those guys who completely changes things because of he now has success during his collegiate career. I think he had a back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, plus a lot of great stuff that he did on you know, on and off the field before being the number 7 overall pick by Tampa Bay. But he also backs it up in the NFL. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has this record. Eight straight 1,000-yard seasons. And with the level of quarterback play that has been there in Tampa Bay, With Winston and Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbard and Ryan Fitzpatrick and all these names that probably shouldn't be starters and then you go get Tom Brady, but you're already living up to that standard with six straight 1,000-yard seasons, you meet the criteria to be the greatest Aggie of the last 20 years, hands down. You 100% meet that criteria. And then you look at some of the other guys that we see in the NFL. Douty Dat Dat had a really, really, really good start to his NFL career. Injury started to hamper him a little bit. Um, John Davis Crowe, you know, was a really good player for the for the system that he played him. But same time, it's one of those things where um, you know that was just the kind of offense that they ran back then. Would he have been as successful if he played now? Kind of, you can flip the same thing with Mike Williams. I mean, with uh, Mike Evans. But the passing game right now for Texas A and M has been really, really, really missing a number one receiver. And I look at a guy like Mike Evans and just think, man, if he was playing for AM right now, just the way that he's been, would it be great? Would he still be in the same situation? Would, would A&M be in the situation? Because if he has been everything that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have asked for, and it's why they paid him top dollar. People said, oh, you know, we should go ahead and release Mike Evans because of we need to go pay Chris Godwin. Why? I mean, honestly, Why? If I get a 1,000-yard receiver every single year, and I know for a fact, because statistics show, he's going to average anywhere between 11 to 14 yards per catch. He's going to get me about 6 to 8 touchdowns per year and 1,000 yards on the campaign. I did something right, and that guy needs to be a part of my offense. And what's really interesting is that how many coaches have come through the building, how many coaches have changed their style, how many coaches have brought their own new offense into the area, and he hasn't really lost a beat. I mean, his worst year statistically, if I'm not mistaken, was this past year, and I think that it was only because of he missed so many games when he's never done that before. But you look right now, as I'm pulling up his stat line, yeah, 1,035 yards on the season this year. His lowest before that, uh, yeah, his lowest before that was last year at 1,006, where he got injured, and before that. It was a rookie campaign in 2014. So the guy has been the level of consistency since arriving. And even though it's coming closer and closer to, oh, just meeting the mark, oh, just meeting the criteria, oh, just finishing out the year on that positive note, he still is meeting the criteria. And he still is making history. That's something that most players at AM cannot say about the professional level. There's a handful of guys who have made an immediate impact for their NFL teams the way that a guy like Mike Evans has. And if Evans is going to be a guy that we want to talk about in a positive light, we need to start talking about him as potentially the greatest Aggie player in the last 20 years, 25 years, potentially of all time. He just makes so much sense. And he's been just that level of consistency representing the 12th man for years and years and years. To me, that's warranted of the conversation being a top level wide receiver in the NFL, but also the top name in 12th man program history. Who would have thought a kid from Jackson, uh, from uh, Galveston, Texas, Galveston Ball High School, would come into Texas A&M, become a superstar, a future top 10 pick, and then live up to that level of consistency? There's a handful of players that are drafted every single year in the top 10. Guess what? They usually don't pan out. Mike Evans has not only panned out, but he has flourished to a new level to where we're starting to talk about him entering the Canton level. Yeah, Canton. He has an NFL record. When you do that, it's kind of hard not to at least consider you as a top name to watch for, to go get called by whoever's going to take over. I, I mean, because David's leaving the, uh, the NFL Hall of Fame. But whoever's going to take over, who's ever taken over the Hall of Fame, one day could be shown up at his door, welcoming him into Canton, Ohio. And it shouldn't shock anybody, especially A&M fans. We have a brand new deal going on right now with our incredible app and our fan bases over at Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. All they do is visit the Get Upside app in the Apple Store or Google Play and use the promo code Score for College, and you'll get 25 cents off your very first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using the Get Upside app. Just download the app for free and use the promo code Score to get 50 cents off every single gallon of your first tank. Use PayPal, e card, and another other Amazon brands doesn't matter. Download the Get Upside app for free on the Apple Store or on Google Play, and use the score touchdown. I mean uh, the uh, the uh, promo code score for fifty percent off your very first tank. That code is score for college. Lock on Aggies presented by the Lock On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for making your first listen every single day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course the Lock On Podcast Network. So DeMarvin Leal is going to be a top-tier name considered this upcoming offseason or NFL draft season to be the first interior defensive lineman selected. From everyone that I've spoken to, it feels like right now DeMarvin Leal will be the number one name and Jordan Davis from uh, from, uh, Georgia will be the number two. Partially the reason they feel like that they can utilize Ma- uh, Leal's speed and size a little bit more than Davis, where Davis is going to have to play inside. He is only going to be a nose tackle. He is only going to be a guy who fits inside of a 4-3 system as a one-gap player or a two-gap stopper if they want to keep him gaining some weight. Where Leal can play basically any single position. You can play him as a three, you can play him as a three eye, you can play him as a four tech, you can play him as a nine, you can play him as a five tech. He can really do a lot of things. Again, I've given my player comp for him, I think that he's a little bit leaner. Uh, Jonathan Allen for the Washington football team can do both depending on the defense. And Pro Football Focus is actually agreeing with me. They believe that right now DeMarvin Liao is the top defensive lineman in the class for 2022. Saying that Liao was a top 10 performer in the preseason draft board, but sadly he didn't take the next step that we were hoping for. In fact, both his run defense and passing grade defense took steps back in 2021. He's a gifted athlete at 6'4 and 245 pounds, but the lack of development is worrisome. Um, That's where I disagree. And I get it. Pro Football Focus, they're known for analytics and they're known for, you know, knowing the numbers. And, and And this person's rate is at 2.74. And, you know, if you go ahead and pass the football on third down, the efficiency success rate is going to be at seventy two point eight one 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 percent That's that. I watched it first, first DeMarvin Leal may not be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. That's fine. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. It matters more so where he goes. I think a team like the Minnesota Vikings would make a lot of sense for him to replace Sheldon Richardson. I think a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who have three first-round picks, would make a lot of sense to take him because they would be able to develop him behind Fletcher Cox and be the long-term option with Milton Williams. I feel like a team like the Las Vegas Raiders would make a lot of sense because you're asking him to play a one-gap system along with Max Crosby and probably Yannick Ngakwe. So I look at all that, and I go, scheme fit matters more to me with DeMarvin Leal than anything else. But I watched him, and he was an absolute terror when it came to run defense. Absolute freaking monster when it came to bull rushing up the middle and meeting running backs behind the line of scrimmage. He did a fantastic job playing extremely well against the pass rush, especially when they lined him up on third down inside to get that extra pass rusher on with Tyree Johnson. And his sack total did not go up. But that's not the key word here. I'm talking about pressures. I'm talking about his ability to force a quarterback to make a mistake, like running into a defensive lineman. He was absolutely terrifying in that backfield, forcing his way up the field, and slowly but surely getting into the quarterback's face, allowing him to run. And guess who's waiting on the outside? Michael Clemens, Tyree Johnson, Fadil Diggs, Denal Harris. Didn't matter. One of these defensive linemen who was an absolute bull rusher was running up the field and meeting him in meeting the quarterback for a sack. But the sack was caused because DeMarvin Leal was adding pressure through the A gap. When a quarterback saw him run through the A gap, he said, I have a 0.6 second mark to go ahead and get out of this situation, or I'm going to be in trouble. I watched it, I was there, I saw every single game. And nine times out of 10, that pressure caused by the likes of Leal up the middle led to an either sack or a turnover or, a full or, you know, a loss of downs or a fumble or something because of the, the defensive end or the edge rusher or the blitzer, whoever it was, was coming right there to where he took that step. Oh, no, I'm in even more trouble. Down. Absolute down. So, you know what? If you want to say that DeMarvin Leal is the top interior defensive lineman in the class but not a top 10 player— I'm actually okay with that. I think he's a top 10 player on my draft board, and I've talked to several scouts, and he's a top 10 player on theirs. There's a couple of people who I know that really love him as a top 15 player, but I don't think that that really matters anymore. I think that most people are so concerned about where you get selected because if you want to know, oh, I'm going to be a superstar because of I was the sixth pick, bro, I'm going to tell you right now, top 10 picks fail all the time. I mean, literally, they fail all the time, and they fail with Texas A&M players. I'm sorry. They have. Luke Jokel, number two. Not going to go ahead and get into much argument with that. He absolutely was terrible as the number two player. You know who wasn't terrible? Mike, uh, Mike Evans is the number seven. You know who wasn't terrible? <clears throat> Sorry about that. Uh, Jake Matthews was not a terrible pick for the Atlanta Falcons. let was he? Sixth? So the top five pick does not mean jack crap to me. Top ten pick does not mean jack crap to me. What matters to me more than anything else, especially today in the NFL, going to the right scheme. Being, you know, playing out a scheme is a death sentence for a lot of players because what they say is, oh, he didn't fit our criteria, so he must be a bad player. No, he didn't fit your system. He never was going to fit your system. And because of that, you now have to decide, do you change your system for a superstar player or do you trade him to a system that he's going to flourish in? More people need to start looking at systems, looking at fits, looking at schemes and where a player is best suited. I would rather go to a team where I'm going to be a successful player for the next 10 years, get a second contract worth, um, I don't know, like 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 $28 million a season versus being the number one overall pick, playing for a team that does not cater to my needs, does not cater to the way that I play my defense, and then I'm out of the NFL in seven years or I'm a backup and I'm getting paid like $1.2 million after getting that mega deal to begin the year investment matters, invest in your players. And that means that a guy like DeMarvin Leal has to sit for a year behind Fletcher Cox, behind Sheldon Richardson, if he's brought back to Minnesota, I'd much rather that because if you want to know what I know, he is going to have a successful NFL career in that system, in that city, on that team. That to me is more important than anything else out there. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. I'll be back tomorrow to break down the national championship. I'm going to go through the SEC power rankings where I feel Texas A&M fits in there. And Texas A&M was considered a top five team on one major big board in 2022. Who is the guy? Let's talk about it. See you tomorrow. And remember, you give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.